This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome to Golf Talk Canada, Zacchino Weeks and Scully with you here. And today is part of our year review series. So if you're listening to us on Monday, November the 22nd, you're getting a live version of our first year in review series. And uh, if you're hearing this later on in the year over the winter months of December or January in a second run, a lot of today is going to be really uh, a look back at some of the stories and the news of the year. Uh, but gentlemen, first off, good morning. Before we get into our year in review and what we're going to kind of start to break down uh, for our listeners today, I mean, the internet almost broke yesterday. So, <laughs> so we got to start there. Within the first, I think it was 15 minutes, Bob, there were 45,000 views of or like it was crazy of tiger woods hitting what appeared to be what would you call that a seven iron bomb well it looked more like a wedge to me i don't know but uh i would say that uh yeah it's kind of destroyed the the internet for as far as golfers were concerned a lot of pga tour players lpga tour players weighing in I mean, it was dissected like it was the Sapruder film from the Kennedy assassination, you know. Um, people, people, talking about the, uh, people talking about the size of the bucket of balls, the divot patch that was in front of him, the fact that he had a launch monitor there, the compression sock on his leg. Um, you know, there was everything there except maybe how he had clipped his toenails. I don't know. It was, it was a real dissection of a, what was it, three and a half or four seconds or something of video? I love it. I love it. You know, I was on the air doing uh, RSM Classic, our final broadcast of the year for PG Tour Radio. To, you know, I look over and my phone kind of lit up. It was an email. It was, sorry, it was a text. It was from Adam. And I, I could just tell right away, I, don't get too excited. What you say to me, Scully? Something like, just relax now. I, I, I think I said stay calm. Stay calm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But, okay, I Scully, mean, what was your first reaction when you saw it? For me, I mean, first of all, just to see him swinging was amazing. Uh, but the sound, how flush that nine iron wedge, whatever he was hitting, sounded uh, was great. Obviously, the swing looks on plane. I mean, obviously, people are dissecting this two and a half, three second swing, and it looked pretty similar to what he was or how he was swinging before, you know, the injury. The last time we saw him actually playing golf with the father son last year it was you know on plane it was on tempo obviously he's not going to show full recoil swinging a nine iron but uh as you said bob the, the divot pattern looked really good and uh it's it's exciting i mean a week ago we had we saw some grainy video of him on tmz walking in an la airport we'd see him um standing with charlie his son watching him hit balls but now he's actually hitting balls so this is just a step in the right direction so I need to ask you gentlemen this because we, you know, obviously we don't know a lot from this. Uh, again, we, it's a nine iron, an eight iron, a wedge, something like that. He's hitting balls for four seconds on social media. But this is what we do know. Up until this point, we don't have any information at all or we haven't received a real update on his health. Um, we also, um, 
didn't really have any kind of awareness or idea of whether he even wanted to try to play golf again. Like, I know we're going to talk about that, and the golf community is going to talk about that, but Tiger hasn't said that. Tiger hasn't come out and said, I'm on the comeback trail. I want to be, you know, the world's best golfer again, want to play majors again, yada, yada, yada. Anything we've gotten from Tiger, well, we really didn't get anything direct from Tiger. What we got from his camp was, let's just hope he can live a regular life again. Let's hope he can be a dad. Let's hope he can walk without any assistance to walk. Bob, is this video an official announcement for us to assume that his uh, target, his goal is to get back to professional golf at some point. And part two of that would be, do you want to take a guess? Does he think Augusta is a possibility? Like, if you're throwing darts, throw darts. But at least part one of this, is this uh, some type of a, a sign that's saying, my plan is to play professional golf again? I think there's two sides to it. One is we can overreact. We've seen him hitting a, a you know a little soft whatever it is wedge nine iron. What you know we can go a long way down the road there. There's a lot more involved in playing professional golf, such as hitting a driver, such as walking 72 holes on that leg. We don't know what kind of strength he's got in that leg. I mean, it's a great optimistic look at it. On the other side, if I was being the really super optimist, I would say, hmm. You know, December sixteenth is the uh, first round of the father son. <laughs> you know, could he? Could he? Does he have enough in the tank? Maybe he just lets Charlie hit the big shots, and he just kind of goes around and hits those little soft ones and putts or something. So, there's two sides to the coin of it. And you know, we've we've heard from other players who visited him over the last few months, saying how how much he wants to get back into it, how much he's getting you know close to swinging a club. But I don't think Tiger would have released this video. Uh, if he didn't have something down the line or up his sleeve, maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, you know, that's where I was going with this. I, I, you know, I'm not throwing dates on the board. I think putting dates on the board is, is extremely premature and guessing at timelines and things like that. But I'm with you, Bob. If he doesn't release this video like this, this is a suggestion that I've got a plan. I want to come back, and he'll let us know. Uh, when he feels like letting us know. Now, I know, Adam, you text me, Hero World Challenge, question <laughs> mark? You know, there might have been some sarcasm in there. Maybe, maybe. Oh. Not, you know, only I really know the answer to that question. But, I mean, Bobby mentioned walking, and Marky mentioned Augusta. I mean, I personally have not been to Augusta, but those who have talk about the undulation and how hard it is to actually walk the golf course and hit shots on different slopes where you, maybe one leg's way up you know, way above the other or vice versa. I'm not sure. I mean, we'll see, you know, like, is, is Torrey Pines realistic? I, but like, like you guys mentioned, he wouldn't post a video like this if he wasn't giving this a legitimate try. And he's Tiger Woods, so he's going to flush the golf ball whether he likes it or not. So I'm, I'm really curious where this goes from here. Well, this is what we know. We know he's swinging a golf club, uh, and we know that he's starting to send out teasers, which could mean many different things. But we are now on alert. We are now on Tiger Watch, which I don't think we were necessarily on the watch. Like Bob said, we got a few little tips and little hints here or there from, you know, the Justin Thomases of the world and his inner circle of people suggesting, you know, he'd love to hit a golf ball again soon and he's doing better and yada, yada, yada. But now this is a new heightened alert mode of 
if Tiger does anything in the next 60 days, the Internet is going to break. So we will have to keep an eye on this. And uh, there was some other big stuff. But let's get let's get the recent stuff out of the way, guys, because you know I'm a huge uh, Colin Morikawa guy. I said that he's going to win. Uh, the, he was my pick for career Grand Slam next year. Not Rory at the Masters, not uh, Phil at the U.S. Open, and not Spieth at the PGA. I think Morikawa uh, wins the Masters uh, next year. And he'll be in line for a uh, career Grand Slam when we get to L.A. Country Club in June at the U.S. Open if he's able to achieve that green jacket in April. I also think he's going to end the year next year at world number one. He becomes the first American to win the race to Dubai. He wins the the Tour Championship yesterday with a big rock and roll finish. Uh, Birdies down the stretch, goes out and wins. It kind of runs over everybody in front of him. Bob, it's impressive. This kid knows how to close. And he's a different type of player from a modern day standard. It's, uh, you know, this guy is not, you know, abnormally long. He isn't, uh, you know, going down the Bryson well. He isn't uh, DJ, a freakish uh, athlete, uh, natural athlete. He just is maybe the best iron player in the world and maybe just smarter than everybody else. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Very impressive. And I don't think, I think he hit the nail on the head. He's not, he's a, uh more of an old school kind of player, right? He gets it done with uh, with silky shots and, and accurate shots as opposed to overpowering a golf course, which I love. I love to watch that play. And I think he's, you know, just done nothing but gain more and more confidence since he turned pro, which was the 2019 RBC Canadian Open, which is amazing that that's only a few years ago to see how far he's come and what he's able to do. Um, you know, it's a little weird with the whole uh, old uh, European tour, soon to be the DP World Tour uh, deal, because he gets, you know, he gets in there because of how he played in the major championships. But uh, take nothing away from him. He's had one of the most impressive seasons for a young player uh, that I can remember in quite a while. Adam, are you surprised that maybe the best player in the world, uh, certainly he's number two in, in, as of this morning in official world golf rankings. He has separated himself from Dustin Johnson from two to three and is now only trailing John Rahm. So, you know, he's certainly one of the best in the world and potentially soon to be number one if, if you buy into what I'm selling. But are you surprised that a player of this kind of uh, makeup, what Bob and I were talking about, in today's modern age is, is finding the success he's finding? It proves, guys, kind of what the golf community has been saying for 30, 40 years. Yeah, distance is always an advantage. Uh, regardless of who you are or what tour you're playing, the further you hit it, it's certainly an advantage. But it's not everything, and there's different ways of playing this game. And to Bob's point, he's old school. He's a plotter. He's the best iron player in the world. And to, and I just think he's got the mind and the guts to be number one, Adam. Yeah, you know, distance is a, is a big advantage. So is wearing out the middle of the club face, which is all <laughs> Colin Morikawa does. Yeah, he, maybe he's old school, so to speak, but he hits fairways. He hits greens. But, guys, we've mentioned this hundreds of times on this show this year. The putter, switching to that grip. It's really neutralized his putting grip. It's really stabilized his putting grip. And now he's not one of the top putters in the PGA Tour, but he's almost turned a weakness maybe into a strength here the, the way his mindset's working so it's been a it's really been a great little stretch from for morikawa since the covid restart back in june of 2020 you know two major championships all of the other victories wgc's the work so like you said mark I, i'd be curious looking at the majors uh for next year can colin, colin morikawa 
get win the Masters and have a chance at the career Grand Slam, that'd be really intriguing to see. Well, well, it's interesting, Adam, because you know we always kind of mentioned Kepka, or we did uh, previous uh, previous to the pandemic, as a guy who just brings it when the event's more important. Hey, I only play majors. I only practice when it's majors. It's just golf. I don't care about regular PGA Tour events. But Colin Morikawa is slowly turning into a guy that. If it's a premium event, if it's a major, if it's a World Golf Championship event, if it's a DP World Tour Championship end of the race, he seems to bring it in events and against fields uh, where the golf means a little bit more. Maybe it's a little tougher. Uh, and I guess the flip side of that, before we wrap and, and move on here in our first of our year review series, the, the flip side of that, Adam, we'll start with you. Rory McIlroy, 74 on Sunday. Uh, this is a Rory that has won already on the PGA Tour this season. He won in the desert, uh, CJ Cup at Summit, uh, showing signs of getting back to the old Rory, for lack of a better description. But 74 on Sunday when he had a chance to win a golf tournament and then pulls the uh, Incredible Hulk uh, shirt tear or the Hulk Hogan uh, brother shirt tear in scoring. What, what were your thoughts, not just on the round, but the reaction to uh, uh, for Rory to, to – to visibly tear his clothing in the scoring tent. I mean, I'm trying to think if we've ever seen a golfer tear his own shirt off. I, I, I didn't see video footage of this. I remember earlier in the season, Patton Kazire just had an absolute meltdown and tried to rip his hat in half, which is quite something. But, uh, but for Rory McIlroy, it's... Um, it... <laughs> Wait, Sorry, we're, we're, we're dealing with some, some home skull? studio issues here. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, what about you? Were you shocked at the, the tear of the shirt there? And, uh, you know, I remember Bob and I were once playing at uh, at Hamilton Golf Club, and they ran out of hot dogs at the turn, and Bob ripped his shirt off in anger. I do remember that, Bob. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is, a great, uh, this is a great broadcast here. We've got bell, fire alarms going. I've got uh, renovations <laughs> going on here in the background. The beauty of working at home. Uh, you know what? I I don't care that he ripped his shirt. I think it's, uh, it, to me... It's a good thing. It shows how passionate he is. And I think the fact that he is, um, that he cares enough. I'd rather have someone do that than just walk off the golf course and go, oh, well, bad round. You know, I mean, I, I think this is, this is what, what shows you a little bit now. Obviously, there's a level of frustration for, for Rory um, at the, this year. I think the whole year was a bit of a frustration. As you said, he is playing better. He is getting back more to the Rory. But but I still think uh, I still think it shows that he cares uh, about how he plays and he's not satisfied. I, I'm with you, Bob. I, you know, maybe it wasn't the best reaction in the world. Maybe it's a little weird to see a, a, you know one of the best players in the world tear their shirt. But this shows to me that he's trying really hard and he cares a lot and he isn't playing this game for money and things of that nature. And and the Rory McIlroy still wants to be number one in the world and that's a good sign. And. I still expect a better year for Rory. I don't know if Rory's going to catch those top-tier guys that we're talking about, like the Roms and the Morikawas, things of that nature. It's not that he's not capable of. He has a talent. I don't know if he's going to get back to that next year, but I do expect a better 22 for Rory and, and, and an, an upswing like we saw in 21. All right, today we're going to do Winner's Weird What of the Year. We're going to look at uh, some of the big surprises and disappointments. But for the majority of Hour 1, we're going to talk Canadiana, the year that was professional golf uh, for the Canadians, whether it be the PGA Tour, Champions Tour, where we saw some success, Brooke Henderson, Olympics. We'll do it over the next 30 minutes on the other side. We'll start with Canadians on the PGA Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada.
This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Our first of many year review specials, and I, I've got to, I've got to give our audience an update on what's going on. This is, this is brilliant. We're, you know, the home studios are the best. I, I have been. Uh, completely uh, removed from my house today and have taken over my parents' basement because there is construction going on at Casa Zacchino and I can't broadcast from there. It's just too loud. And then we see Bob, and Bob is also dealing with construction and laughing as there's noises going off and on and unpredictable moments at, at his home. But the winner, Bob, hands down, in the uh, challenges of broadcasting from home is our own Adam Skelly, whose building is doing a test on their alarm system today, uh, unannounced to the tenants of the building. And now Adam is in his parka (laughs) on his balcony broadcasting outdoors for this edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam, how cold is it? Give us a weather update on the balcony of your building. You know, as they say, Mark, whatever it takes to get the job done, there isn't much sunshine coming in here, so it's not exactly warm, per se. I've I've done a fair amount of putting out here back in May and June, back when golf was shut down in Ontario. I did a lot of putting on here, not in a parka, but uh, we'll get through it here. The Wi-Fi is still working, so I can see you guys on Zoom, which is great. So we'll see how long this uh, alarm uh, test is going on, but it's great to still be doing the show with you guys here. Awesome, awesome. Okay, guys, let's talk some Canadiana. Let's start at the PGA Tour, and there's a lot to get through here between the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour and the LPGA Tour. But we'll start with the big tour, and, you know, strength in numbers again, Bob. So many close calls. Again, guys, what about the close calls already this season? Taylor Penrith, an opportunity in Bermuda. Mackenzie Hughes, an opportunity at the RSM. Big stages, Mackenzie Hughes in the final uh, group at Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open. Uh, Corey Connors, an opportunity to win the PGA Championship. Also an opportunity to win at Augusta. Let's not forget that Sunday move, that weekend move from Corey Connors at the Masters. I know it feels like a lifetime ago. Bob, I want to keep saying the cup's half full because we got so many you know, players in the field each week. and we got guys making it into you know, the final groups on Sundays and big events. But here we are, you know, without that win, it, it's it's hard to get uh, too excited about it, so to speak. Yeah, I think there's, I, I, you know, this is the first, uh, I think, first time in the last three or four years there's, we haven't had a Canadian win in the in the the uh, in the season. Uh, but the Cup half full, as you described, some great play, especially from Corey and from Mac, uh, both of who qualified for most of the majors next year. Let's not forget uh, Mac Hughes playing very well at the Open Championship as well last year. And I like what I see from him especially because he's he's notoriously a bad starter to his years. And he's come off, I think he's made 13 cuts in a row now coming, you know, as he gets ready to start again in January. Um, but I, I think there is. I think you look at the overall depth. Nine Canadians with status on the PGA Tour. 
Uh, Taylor Pandreth, Adam Svensson graduated to the PGA Tour from the Corn Ferry. Uh, you know, there's a lot of really good stories about the PGA Tour for the Canadians right now, and it's more often than not where we have a Canadian in contention. Yes, we haven't won yet, but it's so much more fun, as you and I know, Mark, covering this game for as long as we have. It's great when you have a Canadian in the mix. You, you, get, uh, you get energized, and you can see that Canadian golf fans do as well. Okay, Bob, I'm coming, about, I'm coming back to you with this. I'm going to go to Adam first on it. And, and you're right about covering the game with Canadians here because even when we're traveling abroad, you know, Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors especially, those two players uh, are not just a Canadian golf story anymore. When, you know, when we're in the U.S. and we're at PGA Tour events, they talk about Corey Connors' ball striking. They talk about Mackenzie Hughes' short game. They notice these guys on leaderboards at majors. So they're, they're no longer just Canadian golf stories. I know our listenership and our viewership on Golf Talk Canada gets frustrated sometimes with the lack of TV coverage. And, you know, that's just something that we, you know, we're never going to get by. But these are no longer Canadian stories. Adam, if, if nobody has won, you know, nobody won this year on the PGA Tour. It's talking PGA Tour exclusively here now, not looking at other tours. What was then? the Canadian golf performance of the year on the PGA Tour. If we don't have a victory and we had so many guys in contention, especially our top two players now, like Mackenzie Hughes is sitting 11th on the FedEx Cup points list as we speak before we get back to Hawaii in the Century Tournament of Champions. That's how hot he's already played this year. And, you know, 62 to close at the RSM was pretty solid. What is, what in your mind, what was a Canadian performance of the season on the PGA Tour? You know what? I'd have to say Mackenzie Hughes at the Open Championship, not the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, the best ever finish by a Canadian-born player at the Open Championship, a T6 finish. Obviously, you know, at Torrey Pines, he had a legitimate chance to win. You think Corey Connors, the Saturday of the Masters, making a hole-in-one, making a legitimate run to win the green jacket. And then you have, you know, Corey Connors again at the PGA Championship, having the lead after the first 18 holes. But Mackenzie Hughes backing up his great performance at the U.S. Open with another awesome performance at the open championship he's my canadian performance of the year bob before we go to break for you if you had to pick one performance this year whether it be a round of golf or four days without the victory who gets the nod who's who's getting the hardware for you i think it's going to be mac hughes at the u.s open because i yeah. as difficult as that golf course was to be tied for the lead going in sunday now i think you know it may have all caught up to him on sunday remember the famous tee shot on the, on the sixth hole that went into the tree. Um, but I think, I think for me, seeing him compete at a major championship, which is something I kind of thought he might be able to do. And as anyone will tell you, the more you put yourself in the mix in those big, big tournaments, you know, the better chance you have to win. We think of Mike Weir at the PGA Championship shooting 80 in the last round with Tiger Woods and then coming back and winning the Masters. So that, that boys, you know, gives me, gives me, I think real hope that when you see a guy like Mackenzie Hughes at the U.S. Open, and then as Adam says again, back at the Open Championship, um, I, I think that was just sort of a transformational tournament for him. I agree with both of you guys. I think for me, it's either one of those, you flip a coin, but to me, the, those stand out and leap out of the page for me in those two Mackenzie Hughes performances in the Opens. On the other side, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk uh, Champions Tour because we had major success Champions Tour. We'll talk Brooke. How do we grade this season, guys? And is it unfair the way we grade Brooke? And what can we expect moving forward? But I also want to get your answer on this question. I'll leave you with this. We'll get it on the other side. 
We know where Mackenzie Hughes is. We know where uh, Corey Connors is. Out of the rest of our Team Canada, who needs a big spring? Who of the rest of Team Canada needs to find their groove more, more importantly than the rest of Team Canada? We'll get that on the other side. This is part one of our year in review series right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada part of our year in review series and we got lots to get to still winners weird and what for the year disappointments surprises oh my god moments but let's continue down the canadiana path before we transition to other tours guys for me i asked you guys right out of the gate who who needs a big spring we've got so many uh, red and whites on on the pga tour obviously taylor penrith coming really close back in bermuda we know what mackenzie hughes has done etc but for me it's it's adam hadwin hands down for me just because i i i expect more in terms like i have so much belief in in his game and the work he's put in i also know that that he's played so well in that part of the year as well you know his victory uh came in that part of the year of the schedule in the first three months of the pga tour season he shot 59 in the desert at the american express it's a time of year that Adam really performs well. Bob, he is so much on my radar to see what he does Jan, Feb, March. He uh, has embarked on a fairly healthy swing change process. And um, I think right now it's time for those things to start clicking in. I think he feels confident where it is in the talks I've had with him. He has shown some good results, not consistently, but he has shown some good results late in the season, late in the year. Uh, but definitely he needs to have a big year. I think on the other side, too, two other guys who probably need to show a little bit more, uh, Michael Gligic and Roger Sloan. You know, they're kind of bubble boys, and I think they need to get themselves into a little bit more of a, a stable position, get inside that top 90 so you're not sort of grinding it out down the stretch trying to keep your card as they have done sort of off and on through their careers. So I think those two guys as well, but definitely Adam Hadwin's the main one. Yeah, I'm with you, Bob. Uh, outside of Adam, I'd love to see Michael and Roger not uh, grinding it at the Wyndham Championship, wondering if uh, if they're going back to uh, a tour uh, web uh, web.com tour finals or, or if they're on their way to uh, the first playoff event. Uh, Adam, who, who is it for you? Yeah, I mean, Adam Hadwin, for sure, given that he's played in two President's Cups and, uh, you know, as Bob was mentioning, went through this big swing change. And now we saw flashes of brilliance where it, it was, he, was playing swing, he was playing golf and not playing swing. Um, but obviously going forward here, he's someone to watch out for. I- I'm looking forward to seeing Roger Sloan, though, obviously coming in clutch down the stretch to get into the playoffs, first of all, nearly uh, winning, uh, almost coming out of that playoff. So I-, I think Roger Sloan could have a big year coming up uh, in 2022 for sure. All right, in terms of Champions Tour, I don't think there's much more we could ask for this year, guys, on the Champions Tour. I mean, we knew Mike was turning 50. Uh, but we didn't know necessarily what to expect. You know, we heard Mike talk about encouraging things and saying he was healthy and he was hitting the ball well and he's excited about the Champions Tour. But he finished ninth in the Charles Schwab Cup. He won 
on the Champions Tour. He had chances to win almost weekly on the Champions Tour. Ultra competitive. And he inspired Stephen Ames, I think, as well, for Stephen to put some work back in and get going. And Ames finishes 25th, and he wins on the Champions Tour. I mean, for me, hands down, our Canadian boys on the Champions Tour, for me, it was kind of like the A-plus grade. If we're grading our guys, I give it an A-plus to Weir and Ames. Bob, give them a letter. Yeah, it's hard hard not to call them both A-pluses. You know, Stephen Ames was really struggling with his swing at the start of the year, really put a lot of hard work into that game and, and tried to kind of figure it out and dig it out. He's 57. You know, he's not – he'll be 58 in April – there's a lifespan you get on the on the Champions Tour. You don't get unless you're Bernard Longer. You don't get to play until you're in your <laughs> mid 60s and be competitive. Any any results. So these are the kind of times of the year where you really want to, um, you know, you really want to, or times of your career where you really want to make hay. And uh, and he's showing that he's resilient. He's coming back. And then Mike Weir, I mean, I don't know anybody who works harder than Mike Weir. He's just such a grinder, such a guy who desires to win, who wants to get himself into that winner's circle. You know. It, I think one of the cool moments of the year was when he came second to Stephen Ames when Ames won, and Weir was, like, frustrated. Like, he wanted to beat him. He really did. They're competitive, those guys, and, and, and Mike especially. Well, they're contemporaries, and, and they put in a lot of work, like you said, Bob. And, Adam, it's an A-plus for Bob and I. Is, is it an A-plus from you as well? Yeah, 100%. I remember this time last year looking ahead to this upcoming season, we all predicted Mike Weir would do well. And now that he's finally healthy, you know, he went through those years of just, you know, the elbow injuries, so many nagging and annoying injuries that prevent him from being healthy and training and practicing. But now that he's healthy, Bob, I remember you did an interview with Mike before the uh, Masters. And I, and I, commented i'm like Mike, mike's looking jacked like he he's big like he's working hard in the gym and it's paid off he, not only did he win 12 top 10s and 29 starts very consistent i'm looking forward to seeing what mike weir has coming going forward here and same same thing with stephen ames yes he's a couple years older but a very solid year for both those guys a plus from me all right now the tough one boys this this is the hard one and and you know i know bob has put this in perspective several times for us in the, especially in the last couple of weeks but brooke henderson she gets the victory this year uh exceptional amount of cuts made exceptional amount of top 10s but only the one win no major championship for brooke uh, statistically speaking you know she's almost in the top 10 or top 20 in almost every category worth listing when we're talking about birdies scoring average uh you know driving distance greens and regulation fourth even someone who hits it as far as she does still finish still 75 percent of her fairway so she's an accurate driver of the golf ball for one of the longer players on the lpga tour as well statistically though the number that jumps out 111th in putting 122nd in sand saves the closer we get to the green, the harder the game gets for Brooke. Is that the problem, uh, Adam? Is that the crutch? Is that the, the area we need? I'm going to give her a B minus, and if she was anybody else, she'd get a B plus or an A minus. But because she's Brooke, and I expect the second major, and I expect multiple win seasons from her, I'm going to give her a B minus. Give her a grade, and is that the obvious area that needs to get improved here, or are we going to stay at this level? 
you know, the short game is a big area to improve. But for me, it's it's still an A season for Brooke. I mean, seven top tens, winning on the LPGA Tour, the only Canadian professional golfer to have double-digit professional wins, get picking up her 10th win earlier this season. I think it's still a good season for Brooke, but imagine how much better it could be if that short game comes around. And we talk about this every year, maybe coming into next year, maybe there'll be uh, some work with a, um, a, a short game coach, that sort of thing. Yeah, Mark, as you mentioned, 111th in Putting average, 122nd in sand saves, but her ball striking stats are through the roof good. So uh, looking forward here for Brooke, some work on the short game, and we could see that second major and another multiple win season in 2022. Bob, uh, Adam gives her an A. I give her a B-. minus. I got to leave some wiggle room because, you know, what's the grade? If she has two or three wins and no major, what's the grade? Well, to me, the grade's probably an A with multiple wins and in contention without a major. And, and if she obviously puts a major in there, that's an A+. I just hold her to a, a, diff, a different standard. Fairly or unfairly, that's where I put her because I think she should be in the conversation every year for potential player of the year, those opportunities. That wasn't the case this year. Give her a grade and, you know, obviously... You, you said something very interesting this year, and you've said it more than once. She's not a bad putter. She's a streaky putter. You can't win on the LPGA Tour. You can't win the you know the Canadian Open and, and carry that pressure around on home soil if you can't make clutch putts when you need to. Uh, how do we get her from a streaky putter to a good putter? Uh, I think if you look at the numbers that you read off there, Mark, the one to me that stands out a lot was Sandsafe, 122nd. And that's really a reflection not just of her play out of bunkers, but her play with the wedge in her hand. You can take a lot of pressure off your putter if you have a really good wedge game. And I think that, to me, almost more than the putter right now is what Brooke should be focused on. And I've heard it from other, you know, some people who who followed her and, and people who worked with her in junior golf and, and, and amateur golf and stuff. She She's very limited in the number of wedge shots she plays, the number of different kinds of wedge shots she plays. So I think, as Adam said, you know, it's time for her to go and see a specialist. And I think... She's getting to the point in her career now where it's, it's really decision time. Do you want to continue to play with the game that you have, uh, work with your father who's brought you to this point, no, no discredit to your father. You know, you've, you've obviously become the winningest golfer in male or female under his direction. But I think now he's taking you to this point where it's as far as you can go. And I think she has to, to make a decision if, okay, I got to get something, some help here because that's the only way I'm going to improve my game. And, and I, I just think that this, you know, like you said, she's had a great year inside the top 25 in all five majors. Uh, all that other stuff you mentioned, uh, 40% of her starts in her career have been in the top 10. But there's another step she can take if she really wants to. You know, I find it amazing. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the men's game, the ladies' game, with the exception of Phil Mickelson. It, players who swing at it hard. And I think we can put Brooke in that in that category, especially from you know a, a woman's game perspective. Players that swing at it hard uh, struggle with their wedges on and off throughout their careers. It's amazing to see. You see, you see it with Rory McIlroy. You see it with uh, a lot of players. And it's not until they figure out how to gear down inside 150 yards, inside 120, inside 100, and then they start to figure it out. Hopefully, she starts to figure it out. Before we put a bow on this, guys. Highlight of the LPGA Tour season, for me, it, it's, it's slam dunk. It's not even close. I thought the women's Olympic golf kind of almost stole the show for me, uh, covering both the men's and the women's. I thought the women's was exceptional to watch Nellie Korda do what she did. 
I thought uh, the, the women's golf was just a real highlight. I, I will take Olympic golf as the highlight of, of, of the ladies' season for me. Adam, does, does something jump out for you as a highlight to, uh, to the LPGA season? I mean, the run Nellie Corda went on with the Olympics, winning her first major championship, the most recent LPGA tournament as we're recording this, the CME Group Tour Championship. Jin Young Ko hitting 63 greens in regulation to end the tournament? Come on, that's unbelievable. Five wins uh, coming down the stretch for her. So probably those two would be some of the highlights of the season as well. Lydia Ko breaking that drought of over 1,000 days between victory, winning at the Latte Championship. Those three for me, for sure. Bob, you got a highlight that, that jumps out at you that when you think back of the LPGA Tour season, something that uh, will uh, uh, ring true? Yeah, I think this, the two things that, that Adam brought up, I loved watching the Olympic golf, even though it was you know middle of the night or middle of the morning, <laughs> whatever you want to say. But it was really thrilling. It was exciting to see them down the stretch. And then I think I think the two players, Nellie Korda and Jin Young Ko, who, who just unbelievable performances. And, and Jin Young Ko just never seems to, never ceases to amaze me, I should say. You know, and she's a, she's a good inspiration. We're going back to Brooke. Uh, she's someone who worked with Gareth Rafluski for a long, long time and really changed her uh, her stratus by by getting that short game together. So um, maybe there's something there for Brooke to take take uh, some news from. And she's good friends with Jin Young, so maybe that'll wear off on her as well. And that is the that was the largest prize check in the history of women's golf uh, yesterday at Tiburon Golf Club. $1.5 million uh, U.S. to Jin Young Ko for that uh, season finale. Pretty, pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive year. And, uh, and there will be some changes coming to the LPGA Tour schedule next year, uh, which is going to be interesting to see. It's going to look very different. Okay, on the other side, we are going to put a bow on Hour 1 and tee up Hour 2 as this is Part 1 of our Year in Review series. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Week Scully, part of our year review series. If you missed our Tourism Ireland travel special... You might have uh, missed the announcement that Ireland is now recognizing uh, mixed doses of vaccines. So as long as you've received two vaccines of any kind uh, as a Canadian, uh, you are welcomed to book your trip to Ireland and go play some golf. So whether you've got two, whether you've got three, uh, I'm a three as well, Bob. You're three. Everybody's giving the thumbs up on the three. Uh, we're all threes. Uh, I'm thinking of flying to Moscow and uh, grabbing a Sputnik <laughs> 5. I'm collecting them now. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to bat the cycle is what I'm trying to do. So uh, anyway, we're welcomed to go to Ireland. I'm going next July, and I'm looking forward to it. Bob, your uh, Movember stash is coming in. I had to shave mine. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm almost completely oh. shaved. I've got a dermatologist appointment this week, oh. and I was told to uh, to not have any fuzz in the way of uh, of some of these areas that need to be checked out. So hopefully that hopefully that goes okay. So... <laughs> Do you have to shave like an hour before because it keeps coming gonna, back yeah, and forth? Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to have to uh, – oh, what's that, Bob? Sorry? I'm saying you're going to 
gonna have to shave him again at like five o'clock. Am I not on? That's right. Oh, you're a little low, Bob. You're a little low. Yeah, I'm gonna have to shave like every five minutes, basically, between now and my dermatologist appointment. So. Uh, anyway, uh, Golf Talk Canada, we're not going away. Every Monday, we're going to be on radio, right, Skulls? And our TV, we've got, what, we've got our year-in-review special coming up in December, as well as December 13th, Festivus for the rest of us, two hours of live radio, which will also be simulcast on TSN2. And, of course, that will be in front of a live studio audience, Adam. Well, boys, it was fun recently doing our show at the Swing Golf Lounge in front of our first yeah. live studio audience in quite some time. I have to give another shout-out to all of those who came out. I was amazed at how many people were there. It was awesome to see so many people come out and see us, say hello, try to outdrive me, maybe come up a little short, but uh, I have to, have to commend everyone who came out and tried. I love how I'm doing this with winter gloves on right now, but it, it, was, it was a great event all around, and go check out the Swing Golf Lounge. It is an, a great facility. Yeah, I agree. Daily uh, Bread Food Bank is the cause. They're going to be supporting it all winter. The Swing Lounge, Swing Golf Lounge out in Etobicoke was great, and I'm with you, Adam. I was just shocked at the amount of people that came out. And Bob, 24 yards was the closest anybody got to Adam on his 340. We had a 316, I believe. So 24 yards. Uh, notice uh, the quick math I did there. Incredible. <laughs> I can just get that number and pull it right out like that. Uh, no one got Adam like we thought, Bob, but we gave away some tailor-made hats, some tailor-made MG3 wedges. It was a great time. And uh, speaking of the tailor-made, you, well, the three of us are off to Carlsbad to see some uh, special new gear that we got a sneak peek online the other night of... Uh, Excited for that trip with you boys. It'll be good and uh, maybe a chance to relive uh, another chapter in the uh, famous, uh, famous battle of the, yes. of the Weeksino versus Recoil. Yes, Weeksino is now a 92-1 and one, uh, the last time I checked. Right. Except so, in the swing uh, lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I think next we time... No I, yeah, I think next time we do a long drive contest, I, I think that'd be yeah. a great idea. No? I don't like okay. oh, if Bob and I can Bob and I add our two together. Yes, can we? Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hit uh, hit the road, guys, and and uh, and get back to Carlsbad with our friends at TaylorMade and, and see the new product in person. And I we can't say anything; it's under embargo until early January. But all I'm going to say is, wow. And uh, I think this year the product uh, across the board can help no matter how good you are, no matter what your handicap level, no matter what you're looking for in terms of uh, iron, wood, fairway, etc. through the back. All I'm going to say is, wow, I think this stuff's going to automatically help everybody overnight. On the other side, we are going to continue our year in review series. And we're going to talk disappointment of the year. We're going to talk uh, about surprises of the year. So we can go like cup half full, cup half empty. As my good friend Bill Rosinski would say on PGA Tour Radio, he's more of a cup half full guy. He won't tell you what's in the cup, but it's always half full <laughs> is what he says. So we will go up. Uh, we'll take the, the, the positive side of that coin and the negative side of that coin. Also some uh, oh my God moments of the year, some shocks. Uh, and there were some. For sure in uh, 2021 and of course we'll do winners weird and what for the season as well there might be a rant in there i'm feeling kind of calm <laughs> really? right now and i'm feeling you know i'm feeling kind of chill but you know i'm sure uh kepka's name and, and deshambo will come up in that i'm sure we might get a little live golf uh 
Live Golf, Saudi Golf in there. We'll get we'll get to that a little uh, later in the show uh, as well. So lots still to come by. Series one of our year in review season special. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour 2, our first of many uh, year-in-review specials, look-backs, best-ofs. And guys, let's start cup half full. But before we start cup half full with surprises of the year, uh, Bob, is Adam going to make it through this broadcast? He is still outside. He is now into mittens and a coffee. He is wearing a parka. I'm concerned about our young Adam, Bob. You forgot to mention that he's pouring the coffee into his pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's another part to it, too. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. He's a big guy. It takes a lot for him to get uh, really frozen over. Just to update you guys, alarm still going off, so not going inside anytime soon. This is unbelievable. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm starting to think that maybe we should be pouring some bourbon into that mug or something a little stronger. Wow. Then we'll, it'll turn into a Bills game in January. <laughs> you just write a big L on your chest and, uh, and off you go. All right, uh, surprises of the year and disappointments of the year. Well, let's start with surprises. Let's, let's go the cup half full approach here. Bob. What, what were the surprises for you, uh, you know, whether they be positive or just, hey, I wasn't expecting that? When you look back at the year, what stands out at you? I pulled a couple out here, and I think there may be a little bit off the beaten path compared to uh, what a lot of people might think. But the one that stood out for me was Stuart Sink at age 48 winning two times on the PGA yeah. Tour. I thought that was a really cool story, uh, made better by the fact that his son was on the bag. Um, and and winning some good tournaments. I mean, RBC, you know, with a heritage is a, is a pretty good tournament to win. I just thought that that was a neat story for a guy who's been a pretty good player over the years. And uh, at 48, those are the kind of guys you think, okay, he's just going to play it out till he gets to the Champions Tour and get on there. But hey, he's he's uh, he's solidified his status for a couple of years. And then the other one, which may be a little bit more obvious, uh, was Rory Sabatini winning a silver medal at the Olympic Games. I mean, that final round that he put up was pretty special and for a guy again sort of out of the blue uh the whole slovakian thing and (laughs) there's a whole backstory to this but for him to get into the olympics and win a silver medal it's actually it was actually interesting to see afterwards how they thought that might help drive uh golf participation in that country where it's not very big yeah very much so because interesting you know when you say oh rory sabatini won a silver medal well it's not for uh, South Africa. It's not for, you know, it's for, not for the United States where he lives. Yeah. How does this happen? You know, uh, interesting for me, surprises in terms of, you know, just some positive ones. Obviously, the reemergence of Jordan Speech, Speeth is a big one. 
And not that he won, because anybody can put four days together, but he had a pretty consistent season. You know, he was part of a successful Ryder Cup team. He contended. Uh, and I, I think the building blocks are back. Is he ever going to get to where he was? That's a big ask. I mean, he was putting up numbers that we've only seen from players named Nicholas and Woods in the first three, four years of his professional career. Uh, but, you know, reemerged as a top 10 player in the world, uh, pretty consistent the majority of the way. Um, I think it was well done for Jordan Spieth. And the other one that pops out to me, when did Hideki Matsuyama guys become a closer and a clutch putter? Okay, mm. I have harped many times about how passive putters can do well at Augusta and that the narrative, the narrative of you've got to be this great world-class putter isn't necessarily the case at Augusta. And people always think that because the greens are so fast and they're so severe. I think what you need at Augusta is experience on those greens. You don't necessarily have to be the best putter in the world. You just got to know them because I think passive strokes do well there. And statistically speaking, it's the best iron players in the world that always do well at Augusta. If we look at the last 20, 30 years, not, not that great putters don't win there, but Adam Scott has won a green jacket. Uh, Justin Rose has done everything but win a green jacket. He always putts well there, and I don't think any of us would categorize Justin Rose as a world-class putter. But Hideki Matsuyama, not only does he close at Augusta and win there at the Masters, but then he gets it done on Japanese soil. And every year we go to the RBC Canadian Open and we go, hey, is this the year Canadian men breaks the janks of Pat Fletcher and yada, yada, yada? And it never happens because it's so hard to do. That hometown crowd is hometown pressure. And Hideki, in a year he won the green jacket, in a year he came one shot away from meddling in Japan at the Olympics, he also wins a PGA Tour event on Japanese soil. That, for me... Hideki Matsuyama was a real pleasant surprise in 2021 and a feel-good story. Adam, surprises for you. Okay, number one surprise, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. This could have been the OMG moment of the year, my winner of the year, surprise of the year, anything of the year. Phil winning, you know, it, look, if you're looking at the odds, start of the week at 200-1, to 1, wins the PGA Championship, the oldest ever major champion. But one other guy I really looked at here is Harris English who really came, not came out of nowhere, but this is a guy who last August, teeing it up at the Northern Trust, was ranked 113th in the world. Now as we record this, he's 14th in the world. Two wins, two top fives in major championships. Got an awful break. If you guys remember last year's U.S. Open, last September, final round, hits his tee shot, what he thinks, five to ten yards into the rough, can't find his ball, has to go back, still finishes top five in that U.S. Open. Yeah, Ryder Cup as well. Uh, so Harris English, uh, a bit surprised for me. And Max Homa, two wins in the calendar year of 2021. This is a guy who a couple years ago was four and five hundredth in the world. Now he's one of the top players in the world. A couple surprises there for sure. Well, Phil Mickelson might come up again in Winners Weird and What, and this gentleman's name might come up because we haven't chatted. Obviously, I don't know necessarily where you guys are going on this, but uh, we've got to acknowledge uh, Bernard Longer at age 64, mm -hmm. uh, winning the Charles Schwab Cup. I don't know if it's a surprise. It, it seems like a surprise at 64, but it shouldn't be because he just keeps getting it done. He keeps beat, beating father time. It was pretty exceptional. Adam, let's stay with you. Other side of this coin, disappointments of the year. What comes to mind? What When you were entering 2021, where did you have hope and joy in your heart, and who crushed it, Adam? 
Well, this time last year, we were talking about Dustin Johnson being on a Tiger-esque run. And what did he do in 2021? He wins the Saudi Invitational in February, the T8 at the Genesis, and then is sort of MIA for a while. The next top 10 was at Palmetto in June, one top 10 at a major at the Open Championship at T8. He was a big disappointment. Obviously, came down the stretch, played better at the Ryder Cup, going 5-0. and I'm curious where DJ goes in 2022. Another guy, maybe a little more off the radar. What happened to Matt Kuchar? A steady decline since the COVID restart. He was 18th in the world golf rankings when the PGA Tour restarted after COVID last June at the Charles Schwab. And now he's 99th uh, in the world right now. 20 In 25 starts this past season, 12 missed cuts, only one top 10. What happened to Cooch? That might just be an easy answer. The answer there just might be karma. One word, <laughs> karma. Uh, you know, pay your caddies and pay them well. Uh, Bob, for you, uh, where did you think, what, where did you have anticipation for the year? Like, obviously, the, the, the no-brainer, I think, for all of us is we thought we might have uh, multiple Canadian victories this season, uh, and, and it doesn't happen. I think that's an obvious one when we're talking disappointments. Uh, not to be negative, because, again, we have so many guys out there. But where, Bob, did you think, oh, anticipation for this, excited about that, and it just it just de- deflated instantly for you in 2021. I think I think Adam hit the nail on the head for me. One of them was Dustin Johnson, who you know shockingly is not going to be at the Century Tournament of Champions this year. I find that mm-hmm. really hard to believe after he's sort of booked his tea time there for uh, year after year. He owns that year. golf course spot too, <laughs> right? Exactly. Another one that was sort of uh, surprising for a bit of a different reason was the slur that the microphones picked up with Justin Thomas. Um, that, to me, came out of nowhere. I didn't expect to see or hear, I should say, that from, from Justin Thomas. It sort of took me by surprise. I, don't, you know, I think it really affected him going forward. He won the Players' Championship and then kind of dropped off, um, not the face of the earth, but he certainly didn't play as well as he had until very, very late in the year. And it's, it was shocking for, for just the kind of guy that I thought, and I thought I knew who he was. And then for a, for a sort of a moment... Um, how about the play of Bryson DeChambeau in the Players' Championship down those last couple of the, oh, the early yeah. holes? Remember he hit one like 100 yards off the tee? and then He, he hit topped one. it. Yeah, Cole topped it, and then he hit his neck, bladed his neck shot way over to the side. That one, along with Lee Westwood basically doing the same kind of thing on that one hole, I thought, what am I watching here? What happened to these guys? Did somebody turn their minds off or their bodies off or something? Like That was, to me, the strangest moment of the year for sure. Well, you know, that's a great segue because Bryson immediately is at the top of my list, Bob, not just for that play, but his performance at Augusta, all the hype coming in the last two Masters with how he was going to turn it into a par 68. What about his back nine on Sunday at Torrey Pines? Is that not some of the worst golf you've seen in the history of this game, over nine holes from one of the game's elite, he was in position, Bob, to win that U.S. Open at the turn, and it went absolutely off the rail, like shockingly off the rails for Bryson DeChambeau. What about Ricky Fowler missing the playoffs? Uh, you know, we were talking about Ricky Fowler in the conversation coming, you know, let's go back to pre-pandemic. Okay, pre-pandemic, if I had given you guys a short list, who are the best players in the world 
to not have won a major championship. Ricky Fowler is near or at the top of everyone's list. And a lot of people would have had him number one. He goes from there to not making it to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Who else doesn't make the FedEx Cup playoffs? Tommy Fleetwood misses the FedEx Cup playoffs. Francesco Molinari was on the verge of winning a green jacket after winning a uh, an Open Championship. He was one of the top five players on the planet. Now Francesco Molinari is 30 days away from making Oricetti in a factory outside Milan. Okay, that's how far his game has fallen off the cliff. I mean, some elite players that just went completely off the cliff in the last 12 months. COVID was just not kind to some of the best players uh, in the world. And we also, guys, we have, we can't, I know Rory won. I know Rory McIlroy won, and he won the Wells Fargo uh, at uh, Quail Hollow, which is one of the best golf courses on the planet. I get it. It's one of the best venues we play every year, year out. It's not going to be on the schedule, by the way, uh, for 2022. Uh, Wells Fargo moving to uh, TPC Avenue outside of D.C., uh, because uh, Quail Hollow will be hosting uh, a President's Cup uh, at the end of next year. Uh, but Rory really not being in a major spot is a disappointment for me. And I'm sorry, his performance at the Ryder Cup. Listen, I thought Team USA was finally going to run over the, uh, the, the Team Euro. I think you guys, we all agreed that it was going to be mm-hmm. a big U.S. win. We might not have saw that coming. They kind of squashed them, you know, but we knew there was going to be a big win. But Rory's performance in majors and Ryder Cup, I'll applaud Rory for his transparency and his emotion because it's so refreshing to see how much he cares. To Bob's point, ripping the shirt, we talked about earlier in the show, just, you know, he was in tears at the Ryder Cup. To me, it still doesn't excuse his his performance in these big events. Rory's, to me, he's just better uh, than Mm -hmm. all of that. So on the other side, we're going to continue the chat. Oh, my God moments whether it be on the golf course or off the golf course, because there was quite a few. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, our first of several year-in-review specials. Gentlemen, OMG, what made you say, oh my God, in 2021? We had some great things on and off the golf course. We will do winners, weird, and what coming up in our next segment. But there were several things that probably, in my mind, won't make our, our three dub of the year. But were, I remember when they were going, you know, we were either texting each other back and forth. I remember I was broadcasting during some of them, just going, this is nuts. You know, what about the eight hole playoff between Harris English? And Kramer Hickok at the Travelers. I mean, eight holes deep. These guys couldn't miss the quality of golf there. The playoffs, I thought this year in general was an OMG moment for me. Not going to make my winners weird and what of the year, but the FedEx Cup playoffs highlighted by the BMW can't lead the Shambo to me. That might be the best 
golf tournament we had this year, if you rip the titles off tournaments, if you you take away the name Masters, the name U.S. Open, the name this, I think for jaw-dropping, for me personally, though, I picked John Rahm to win the U.S. Open for a year leading into Torrey Pines. When he did it, I wasn't shocked. But how he did it with those putts and that decision to play away from the flag on the 72nd hole at Torrey Pines and then bury the putt. You know what? It's not the first putt we've seen somebody have to make on a crappy, bumpy green on the 72nd hole to eventually go on the U.S. to win a U.S. Open. A guy named Tiger did it back in 2008. But this one by John Rahm was jaw-dropping and awesome and out-of-your-seat exciting. Bob, that's got to be the one for me in just one moment in time for you. What was Oh My God? I mean, Tiger's car accident was an OMG. I never saw that one coming. We were kind of shocked when we had that one of a different nature. How about the, the Max Homa Tony Finau playoff where I thought, for sure that Tony Finau was going to finally bury one and get it get it in there. He had a couple of close. The biggest one, though, for me had to be Adam Scott missing that six-inch putt or whatever it was at the Wyndham Horrible. Championship. I mean, I think they were engraving his name on the trophy. That, to me, was, oh, I cannot believe that he... And then I remembered who it was, and I said, okay, yeah, I can't believe it, actually. <laughs> you know what's so funny, Bob, that you bring that up? Because within a span of three weeks, we saw possibly uh, three of the worst putts you're ever going to see by a professional golfer. We saw Adam Scott miss a three-and-a-half-footer or four-footer to win the Wyndham Championship, like you said, straight up the gut, inside the hole for the win, after flagging it. Horrible. The following week, Cameron Smith, who's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour, has about a 15-footer at Liberty National to to shoot 59 at the Northern Trust. He misses the cup by a foot-and-a-half to the left. I mean, it's just, I've seen putts for 59, you know, maybe not touch the hole. Most of them get to the hole. But to miss it a foot and a half, two, two feet wide left, I haven't seen anything miss his targets since Scott Norwood missed wide right to win the Super Bowl for, for the Bills, okay? It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. And then Bryson DeChambeau at the BMW Championship misses a large bucket of crappy putts that he should have won. He Another putt for 59 doesn't touch the hole. Short putt to win against Patrick Cantley doesn't touch the hole. I mean, in three weeks in a row, some of the worst jaw-dropping bad putting we've seen in professional golf on the PGA Tour all in a row. Adam, what was the oh my gods for you? Oh, so many. I mean, first of all, the seven-way playoff for bronze at the men's golf in the Olympics, that was unbelievable. That was in the middle of the night here, Eastern time. And I remember watching that with my jaw on the ground thinking, is this really happening right now? That was remarkable. How about Jordan Spieth's flop shot at the Ryder Cup on day one? (laughs) Possibly one of the best shots we've ever seen. It was awesome on the broadcast and and on TS, and we used some technology to show how high the ball went. Uh, That was just a spectacular shot. Of course, Justin Thomas missed the putt, which would have made it even better. But I I shall digress. John Rahm at the Memorial. Another one. O-M-G. Six-shot lead. This guy is playing out of his mind. Leaps and bounds ahead of the entire field. I'm sorry, John, you have COVID. You have to pull out. That was an OMG for sure. And then a couple more, maybe on more of a negative scale. 
Patrick Reed at Tory Pines. Another rule scandal. Oh, is this I forgot really about that. It feels happening? so long ago. Exactly. I remember watching that, and they had the rules official on the air, and, and they were miking Patrick Reed up, and it just didn't make any sense. And uh, his reputation definitely has taken a hit for a couple of different instances, for sure, over the last couple of years. And then, of course, the big one, when golf was shut down in Ontario. Oh, was this real? I know, I know. I might be putting you on a for a bit of a rant here, Mark. But do we have really any, how much time do we have left, Adam? We've in, got in, about in four show. minutes in this segment. I, you know, I wanted to give you some time, but when golf was shut down in Ontario, that felt like we were just in a nightmare. Like, how how is this actually happening? I know it's a little closer to home here in the GTA, but how on earth was that? Well, when we when we were circuit, we had Doctor Isaac Bogosh on the show, <laughs> which I never thought we would ever have to do a golf talk Canada with Doctor Isaac Bogosh, who was it was it was very nice of him, by the way, like to to, to include a golf show in his calendar yep. during a pandemic to make time for us. So we appreciated that. It was actually one of our most listened to segments of the entire year. Our segment went viral. Yep. It was excellent and. And to have a respected doctor part of this pandemic team in the city of Toronto, basically on our airway today, uh, this this shutting down of outdoor activities, which includes golf, goes against any doctor, any scientist, anything we've learned in the last year in the pandemic. This spits in the face of science made it so frustrating. We had the map circulating of the globe and the globe is covered in green everywhere in the world golf tennis and outdoor activities are legal and everywhere in the world they're illegal and one thing lit up in red the province of ontario was one of the most frustrating things and it was a passionate topic it brought up uh, a lot of anger and a lot of passion in so many people and and again people were arguing with us daily of keep things in perspective and we did keep them in perspective we were never arguing for day one that golf was the most important thing we were never arguing that you know doctors and nurses and hospitals and supply chain and all these other things weren't more important than golf that was never the argument the argument was when politicians spit in the face of science and shut down the one or two things that everybody on the planet are saying, this is okay, this is good for you, this is for your mental health, we can keep some businesses open, we can keep some people healthy, we can give some activities for kids to do, it is by far the biggest disappointment of the year for me. The close second is the cancellation of our national championships again, not having RBC mm -hmm. Canadian Opens and CN Women's Opens and things like that. And, but, but, it's, but, but by far shutting down golf in the province of Ontario. And before we put a bow on this segment and get to our winner's weird what of the year, if we're talking about karma, you brought up John Rahm at uh, the Memorial, guys, and I brought up karma to what happened to Matt Kuchar. Well, if you believe in karma, you got to think that the way John Rahm handled that situation at the Memorial, you know, he had everything in, in this is a John Rahm that two years ago, the three of us would sit around and go, we need him to mature. We need him to be passionate, but we need him to be in control. And then he'll be number one in the world. And then he'll win a major. And if that John Rahm of, of two, three years ago is not handling that situation in the memorial the way this John Rahm handled it, right? I mean, he handled it in class. He supported the volunteers. He supported the PGA Tour. He supported Patrick Cantley and victory. Uh, he spoke about not being able to see his parents. 
uh, about not about being a, a father and the challenges in the pandemic. And with all that class and positive energy, he went on to become number one in the world and finally win his major championship at uh, at uh, Torrey Pines. So uh, if karma and energy is a real thing, it came back uh, tenfold for uh, John Rahm in 2021. On the other side, it is the three dub, the good, the bad, the ugly, the winner's weird or what of 2021. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada, part one of our year review series. Our favorite part of the show, whether it be radio or TV, is winners, weird, and what, the good, the bad, the ugly in the world of golf. And man, you got a ton to choose from this year. I'm, I'm just so curious to see where Adam and Bob go. It's three dub, winners, weird, and what, and the honors, the T goes to Scully. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Now, you guys might think, you know, Phil Mickelson's my little sting into winners, weird and what. Phil Mickelson's going to be part of my 3 dub. He's actually not this time around. I decided to go a little different with that. So my winner this year is the European Tour. For back when they were known back then, for their video, um, their angry golfers video. Of course, <laughs> w- when you're glum, pop your thumb. This was a line from the video. This was back in February, and Terrell Hatton was a part of it. Tommy Fleetwood was a part of it. Henrik Stenson showed how to properly snap a club over your knee. All good fun to really show the personality of these guys. A highlight as well when Martin Keimer walked in and they said, no, 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 you, got, you have to go. You're too nice. You're too nice. <laughs> so th- that, uh, that is my winner of the year for sure. Uh, Bob, I know you, you've loved these European Tour videos over the years. It's great to see them showcase the personalities of the players it really does sort of peel back the layer and you get to know these people and that's one thing the european tour has done for a long time uh, i still think my favorite one was when they had the announcer on the first tee and he had a <laughs> headphone in and the guys in the tent were giving feeding him lines and he was joking like he had dustin johnson and he kept calling him zach johnson and i mean it was just brilliant they're they're really fun and really creative now, speaking of Europeans, that's where I'm going with my weird. And Rory McIlroy, we've spoken a lot about Rory McIlroy throughout this Best Of show, but his comments chasing speed after missing the cut at the Players' Championship. You think Rory McIlroy, one of the top players, one of the top drivers of the golf ball on the PGA Tour, wanting more speed? Why? I'm not really sure. He said he was influenced by Bryson DeChambeau winning by six shots at the U.S. Open last September, completely sort of changing the strategy of those to win the U.S. Open. Rory shot 79-75 that week at the Players' Championship, missed the cut at Augusta National a couple of weeks later. Mark, this was a topic that we uh, spoke about at length uh, the week after and many times throughout the show. 
uh, throughout the year on GTC here. This, this was just Rory McIlroy being honest, but also very puzzling at the same time. Well, it's puzzling and it's shocking, Adam, because it, for everyone else who knows anything at all about this game, the answers are so obvious. But this, in a way, is a typical modern-day player phenomenon. We saw it with uh, Padraig Harrington years ago. He's a, he, he's, now, Padraig's an interesting cat, but you know he won uh, back-to-back majors. He was one of the best players in the world in Tiger's absence. And then he blows up his golf swing. And completely tries to retool stuff, right? And, and, and Martin Keimer, number one in the world, gets obsessed with hitting a draw because he doesn't think he, he can win a green jacket at Augusta with moving it left to right. And Rory McIlroy, he's got everything in the world, all the data, all the science in the world showing him that you are not the number one player in the world anymore because you are no good inside 130 yards. And the closer you get to the hole, the, worser, the worse you get. Excuse me. And... By the way, you're one of the top three drivers of the golf ball in the world when it comes to distance and accuracy. So what do you do when you're trying to when you're trying to you know get back to number one? You completely ignore the main flaw here, and you decide to chase speed. It's a band aid. It is a, a way of a distraction to get away from what it, the real problem is, and it caught him at him. To your point, the good news is I think he's back on the path. And again, I'm I'm all in on Rory in 2022. Do I think he's going to be, you know, the Rory of, you know, five, six, seven years ago? No, but I think better 22 than 21 for Rory. I might have a prediction for Rory that's coming up in another best of special, but I'll, I'll just tease uh, it at hmm. that. My what this week, what a moment. Michael Visaki, Monday qualifying for the Valspar Championship, a viral moment, calling his parents saying, I made it. Through tears, it was uh, it was just an, a true underdog story, really, for a guy uh, to, to do this and qualify for the Valspar. Kudos to Justin Thomas for helping him out financially as well. They've played some practice rounds together. Uh, so Michael Visaki, uh, one of the great stories of the year. That being said, Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Boys, it's the year of the Phil. He is obviously <laughs> my winner. I mean, okay, let's start with this. Let's start with the PGA Championship victory at Kiwa Island. The oldest player to ever win a major in history. The first time ever in history that the PGA champion was older than the senior PGA champion. Statistically, we can, you know, kind of talk about all the victories as to why he's my winner. A, a, a player that at age, you know, 52 has gotten longer than he was at age 42. I mean, numbers-wise, it was a win. But what about the things that you can't chart? What about coming out of a global pandemic? The first time we saw images of people in masses gathering, the scene on 18 on the 72nd hole at Keough Island was stuff that reminded you of Tiger Woods back in 2019 at Tour Championship, or, or even more so, Arnold Palmer back in the day, because, you know, as much as we like to tie uh, Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods historically, in the last 10 years, I think we have tied Arnold and Phil more historically together as well, and, and as the people's champion, and 
just the amount of love that Phil gets and Ernie gets. And maybe, you know, maybe they weren't Jack and Tiger, but maybe they were just as important in different ways. And then to become only the second player in history to win four of uh, your first six starts on the, on the, on the champions tour, joining Jack Nicholas. I mean, and even Phil this week, uh, did you see Phil's response, Adam? I know you love Phil. I know you love his game on social media. Did you sell, see Phil's tweet to Tiger after, after the video about, I know he can't stand me having any other record. I guess he's coming after my oldest to win a major. Basically saying, Tiger, bring it on. I want to see you back. I want to see you try to compete for that major, for another major championship. Mark, you mentioned you know walking uh, down the 18th hole at Kiowa Island. That was also the weekend golf reopened in Ontario as well. So it was it was ironic to see that happen, and that was just one of the great sporting moments in recent history. One of the great sporting moments in recent history. Phil Mickelson winning at Kiowa Island. Slam dunk winner of the year, hands down. Bob, my weird. I feel like we've all been played. Bryson and Kepka. <laughs> I feel like we've all been played. It's actually going to happen this week with their made-for-TV garbage in Las Vegas that I have no interest in whatsoever. And I am also just the whole comes along in the same time frame as a social media bonus pool of money. It, was this rivalry ever real, Bob? Was it fake for the beginning? It felt awkward. And then, you know, I'll throw uh, a little bit more Kepka under the bus on this one too, Bob, because you know I like to do that. This was the guy who never practiced. It was just golf, who only practices for majors. And in the last 45 days has uh, changed the narrative that he's a range rat and can't stop practicing. Uh, you know what? I've had enough. It's my weird, it could have been my what, but something else peeved me off even worse this year. Uh, w Bob, were we played? Was this rivalry ever real? Uh, well, first of all, I think those two guys were trying to get their top spot in the player impact program. You know, that's bonus yep. money. But that, that just flew out the window when Tiger posted a three-second video. <laughs> <laughs> I, will say, I will say that I think there was some genuine dislike for each other. But I think they both kind of realized that they could um, enhance their image, their wallets, by kind of carrying it to another level. So, listen, there's 156 guys who tee it up most weeks on the PGA Tour. And if you think everybody loves everybody, you know, you're, you're a little bit naive. So this is just something that got exposed, and I think they kind of lit up on it. All right, I'm with you. And my what is pretty – you guys know what my what's going to be because it's recent, and how could it not – it could have been the shutdown of golf, obviously, in the provinces, as Adam suggested. It could have been my disappointment with the, another year where we're not walking the fairways of St. George's or the fairways of the CN Women's Open. But for me, it is the uh, Live Golf uh, Association, the Saudi Golf League, and anyone attached to it, and anyone giving it to the time of day is my what for the year. And in a year where we heard Justin Thomas say something in the heat of battle that was ugly and he paid the price for rightfully i don't mm -hmm. believe justin's that guy personally with my own personal experiences with him i don't know i can only go off my moment speaking to him but in a year where we had that a year with uh patrick reed with more questionable things on the golf course that uh that what adam outlined for us already at the tory pines for me the what is the ugliest thing that there's a, a bunch of cries when things like that happen i hear all these outcries and social media buzzing when these things happen where's the cries now where are the voices other than rory mcelroy 
the conscious of the, of the PGA Tour and the world of golf. Where are the cries on on these Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia funded golf leagues going against the PGA Tour and the European Tour? And good on the PGA Tour and the European Tour on the pushback on the success that Keith Pelley has now had with the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour. Maybe some information leaking there on on some type of team component coming in the near future it gets better every year i mean the players couldn't ask to play for a bunch of money but are we really are we really going to ignore the fact that we're going to go over and play and be a part of something where you know there's no gay rights there's no women's rights there's human rights getting squashed all over oh you don't like the way somebody writes an article well that journalist can just disappear forget it i'm out disgusting we need more rory rory mcelroy we need more people with voices like rory mcelroy enough is enough all right i'm off my wagon bob (laughs) tea is yours sir so, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. But well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, guys, we talked about this a little bit in the last segment, but my winner is actually Ontario golfers who rallied and got together and really pushed the reopening of golf courses in this province. Uh, when we, as we pointed out, it was really unnecessary to have them all closed. But think of all the things that came together. I mean, all the governing bodies lobbying the government. Uh, Ontario, you know, Golf Ontario was, uh, was really at the head of that in a lot of ways. I think also we had people who were actually protesting. Remember the guy down with the sign down by, he was at the wrong place. He was at the old Toronto City Hall. He should have been at Queen's Park, but he did straighten that out. But we'll give him credit. Places, things like us, actually going on, and and, uh, and Mark, some of Mark's rants that were on, as you said, Isaac Bogach. <laughs> yeah. But I think it really shows the strength. And I did talk to uh, someone who said that uh, at one of the cabinet meetings that the Conservative Party had, or one of the caucus meetings, I should say, there were more MPs telling the Premier that they were getting deluged at their constituency offices by golfers asking when the courses were going to open than a lot of other things. And as we pointed out, we're not trying to put the importance of, uh, of Ontario golf ahead of anything that was more serious and more significant. But good for Ontario golfers for get, do, opening the golf courses, for playing a lot of golf. And I was informed by Golf Canada, unfortunately, this year, the average handicap of Canadian golfers actually went up. So we didn't play Ooh. all that well when we did play. That's got to be fixed <laughs> next year. Get some lessons out there. All right, my weird this week. I had to go back to a weird, you know how I like my kind of weirds that, uh, that are, involve uh, police and things. It happened at the Wichita Open Corn Ferry Tour Monday Qualifier, yes. where two players got into a brawl. Yes! And, do you remember this one? Yes, I forgot about this. All, all because one of the players and uh, the suspect and his father, uh, who was his caddy for this guy, refused to help the other guy look for a shot in the rough that he hit. In fact, it got so bad that one of the players had the other guy down on the ground, was punching him, and said, I'm not going to stop until you say uncle. And he said, they pushed, they, one guy pushed the other father away, then they wrestled on the ground. Anyway, it all escalated until the cops showed up uh, and, and broke it all up. But that, to me, was the weirdest moment of any golf event that I think took place over the course of the year. And then finally... My what this week is, guys, what do you think about all the rule changes that happened this year? There are a lot coming into play next year. We've got no greens books. 
Uh, mm -hmm. No greens readings books. We've got changes even to the yardage books that you're what you're limited to what you're allowed to put in there. We've got the 48 inch driver now going down to 46 inch driver. We've got the amateur status changes. A whole bunch of rule changes that are coming into play starting in January. I don't know, Mark. What do you think of them? I think it's a mixed bag, Bob, for me. I think there's some big wins. Like I, I like the no greens reading book. I like the updated uh, uh, updated uh, information to amateur status. I think uh, that's long overdue. Uh, but I also think there's some big strikeouts here. Again, I think, uh, you know, there's only 48 inches is allowed and it's legal for a gazillion years until someone has success with it. It's just like the anchored putter, right? Everything's fine for 30 years until someone has success with it. I think that was a strikeout. I think uh, they missed the boat on amateur golf and daily recreational golf when they were considering removing all colored stakes with the exception of red, Bob. I think you and I had this conversation. Most of the people we know and play golf with play golf courses like they're marked as red. They go to where they can't find it, and if they can't find it, they drop it at their closest point of entry, and they go from there. It helps pace the play, and it simplifies the game. I think that was a big miss. And I also like that they dabbled with our friends at Bushnell this year and laser finders mm. and stuff like that. I don't think they hurt the game at all. I think they only help, even if it's just, just marginally. I think they could have changed that. But what do you think, Bob? Or where are you on that? Do you, th do you think that maybe some of those others could have been addressed? I mean, every day is lateral day at my golf course, so you never play anything with white with any other stakes. And I think you can go a little bit further. Uh, I do think there were some positives. I think some of these, will, as they roll out next year, it'll be interesting to see how they affect not so much the games that you and I play, but on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour. I agree. I agree. On the other side, we're going to put a bow on today's show, and I'm going to ask Bob and Adam what their personal highlight, personal highlight from the year of golf was, something they experienced on the golf course, whether it be with the quality of their game, someone they played with, a day, an event. And then in a later episode of the year review, I want to know what their personal goal is for 2022. Uh, Bob and I, if we can close the gap with Adam and get within 73 yards of Adam, <laughs> I think it's a win. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4 XT5 or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up our first of many year review specials. Guys, we've only had a couple minutes left, so quickly around the horn here, a personal highlight from the golf course this season. We'll do goals in an upcoming special, but Bob, if you had to pick one highlight for yourself personally, uh, what will you remember of 21? Uh, probably my dad and I, we got into the match play at the uh, Western Golf and Country Club match play father-son championship. And uh, we got all the way to the final. We came up a little short in the final match, but that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing to see. And we were basically in most of the competitions, most of the matches. I think we won three matches and then got to the final. Uh, I was older than most of the other fathers. 
So, so <laughs> we, had, we, were, we, were, we were buoyed by my dad's uh, high handicap and his ability to hit it uh, 187 right down the middle on every hole. That is awesome. Adam, you? I think uh, at Bayview's Pizza Open, which is a major championship for those listening, uh, my partner and I, Gavin, had a combined two handicap shots, and we came in third. Which wow. I, I thought was I thought was pretty good. Yeah, that pretty good. good. He, he, he shot seventy. I shot seventy three, and uh, we came in third, a couple shots short, but still on the podium. How about you, Mark? What was your highlight? Uh, for me personally, guys, it's really simple. I played the entire Canadian golf season with one putter, for the first <laughs> time. In, OMG I mean, of the year. I mean, I can't even. Yeah, it's the OMG moment of the year. One putter, unbelievable. I stuck with my broom style split hand, unanchored, <laughs> center shafted, tailor made spider. Never left the bag and never yipped the entire season and never felt like I didn't want to go play golf because of yips. We got to go. Uh, we're not leaving anywhere. Every Monday, we got Golf Talk Canada Radio. February 7th, our new season kicks off, season 12. And in February, our new season of TV kicks off as well. December 13th, it is Festivus for the rest of us and our year in review special on TV that week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.